Hey everyone, welcome back to Journalist Talk, and today I have a super nice guest here. She's Gracia Lopez. She's a digital content producer at iHeartMedia. Hey, Gracia. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> good, I'm good. Congratulations on your podcast. This is so cool. Thank you. This is a almost two-year project, and now it's it's working, so thank you for being here in season two. Um, was I going to say, you inspire me. I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I just I feel like I've never really had the time. So the fact that you're in season two, congratulations. Thank you. And as I do with all of my guests, I, will, I was going to ask you to give us a brief biography about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Grecia Lopez. For those of you listening, I am battling a small cold, so I normally don't sound this congested. Um, I am a digital content producer for iHeartMedia, specifically for iHeart Latino out of the Miami offices. I am a seasoned alumni, Go Matadors, class of 2017, where I majored in broadcast journalism and I minored in Spanish language journalism slash Chicano studies. And I'm from LA, Mexicana, born and raised in Los Angeles, Mexican-American descent. Um, I identify as Chicana because I did grow up in like the Chicana um, heritage in LA, South LA, Compton area, um, but Miami is home for now. Yay, thank you. And it's also uh, Hispanic Latino Heritage Month, so yay for it us. Is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And today is La Independencia de Mexico, so Viva Mexico. Yay, let's go. <laughs> Why did you choose journalism? Why did you want to become a journalist? So I honestly, I think I always knew that I wanted to be in the media industry ever since I was in high school. Like in high school, I was class president. I did the morning announcements. I was on the dance team. I did the pep rallies. I gave a speech at um, graduation. Like I, I coordinated like all the dances, the prom. Like So I knew that I had like a creative brain per se, right? So I was always like, okay, I feel like I want to go into like media, maybe event coordination, public relations, something. And it wasn't until my high school counselor was like, you should look into public speaking. Like every time you speak, people listen, you're like, and you're an eloquent speaker, like you should look into that. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And so then I applied to Cal States um, and I got into Cal State East Bay and Cal State Northridge. And I believe I got into Cal State Long Beach as well. Um, and I ended up applying with CSUN and I am so happy that I did because the CSUN and journalism department it's a really good program, um, and CSUN is the closest Cal State. Well, actually, not the closest Cal State, because we also have Cal State Dominguez Hills and Cal State LA, but what I meant to say, it's in close proximity of all the studios and the big internship studios within Los Angeles, right? So I feel like my choice um, in going to Cal State Northridge played a huge part into me getting into the journalism world. So. I wanted to be a on-air breaking news reporter, so that's what I aspired to be when I started at CSUN, but then once I was at CSUN and I started taking internships, I kind of geared more into entertainment journalism, and here I am, five years later, three networks later, and I ended up in radio. I love that you answered my next question that was going to be, why entertainment, but what 
change it in you? You took those internships. What was the difference that made you want to pursue entertainment? Honestly, that's a great question. And my what I tell people all the time is that internships really do play a key role into developing what you want to do with your career, right? It's like I said, I first I wanted to be like a breaking news reporter. I wanted to be out in the fires and the homicides and the head-on collisions, like giving you, you know, the breaking news daily. And once I had my first internship with Telemundo 52, I was in a morning show intern and quickly realized, like, I do want to be in this world, but I don't know if hard news is for me. Um, and so then, thankfully, within the NBCU intern program, once you're in the NBC Universal program, you can network like crazy. I mean, NBC Universal has so many networks under their umbrella, so I was able to network with other interns within the NBC program that were at A&E or NBC Universal Pictures or EU's, which is how I got my into EU's. I got really close to one of the EU's production interns, and then I met her boss, and her name is Ava Pavon, and I love Ava to death. She became a really, really great um, mentor. And so when my internship ended with Telemundo Cincuentados, I then asked Ava, like, hey, if you're looking for an intern for the next semester, like, I'm more than ready. And thanks to Ava for hiring me, not one semester, but two semesters, they extended my internship, and then they offered me a full-time job at EMUs before I graduated season. Wow, that, that is amazing. I was even going to ask you, because I saw in your LinkedIn my, my main place to research my guests and they have been around uh, a lot of places and you work even at entertainment tonight uh how was your experience there yeah i so i ended up at entertainment tonight for about a year and a half almost two because i was at emus for almost two years and back when emus was a show right because emus the show doesn't exist anymore it's crazy that i have the uh honor to say i used to work news, you know, with like, you know, the entertainment journalists like, you know, Juliana Rancic and Ryan Seacrest and Jason Kennedy and Maria Menounos and Ken Baker. I mean, back with like E-News, it felt like it's a prime era and then now E-News sort of in missing modes. It's crazy to think. Um, the E-News team is a really small team, so it was such a painful decision to put my two weeks at E-News because it's everyone's dream network, right, when you want to work in entertainment. But I had to choose myself because there was just like no more room for growth because the team was so small. Um, and so, you know, once you're in, it's like people are settled, people like their careers. Um, and the team was so small, there was just like, honestly, there was just no next step after my production assistant role. Very, very limited time uh, positions to grow, which was fine, it's okay. And so then I applied to an associate producer role for Entertainment Tonight, and then that's where I got hired. And, and Entertainment Tonight is when I really started to focus in more of like the Latin entertainment sphere. Um, thankfully, uh, it was a great time, honestly. I feel like um, my time at Entertainment Tonight really helped me a lot personally, kind of hone in on what kind of entertainment journalism I want to focus on. Um, and so I started off doing the same coverage that I did at EU's, which was like helping with like red carpets and movies and award shows and premieres and Emmys and this and that. However, then um, one of my other mentors now that I'm super close with, her name's Elisa Oseguera, great producer, mentor, just an overall badass Latina, 
she helped launch Entertainment Tonight Mass, which is their Latin vertical coverage of Latin entertainment for EET. And this launched in like late 2018, and this was like huge because for a big Anglo medium like Entertainment Tonight to start honing in on Latin coverage, like that was huge, you know? And it was just kind of like, there was this one day where I kind of had like a pivotal wow moment where it's like, wow, I used to listen to Juanes growing up, 22, you know, 2002, 2003, listening to his Mi Sangre album. And now I have the opportunity to sit here during an interview for a big Anglo network, which is a big deal. And for those who don't know what I mean, it's like, of course you're gonna see Juanes on Telemundo, of course you're gonna see Juanes on Univision, but to see Juanes on Entertainment Tonight, you know, like that was, that's big, you know? So it's like a win-win for, not just myself, but just for Latino and the culture in general. So during my time at ET, I really honed in on Latin coverage and they sent me everywhere. And it was just, it was honestly a really, really good year. Um, they sent me to Latin Grammys, Latin Billboards, Coachella to cover Bad Bunny, to cover J Balvin, to cover Rosalia. Like I was, I was getting to cover a lot of the big name artists. And I was still a very young journalist learning how to, you know, learning how the game is. Um, and then unfortunately, as the media world does, there was layoffs when media networks merge. Um, our industry is known for layoffs all the time, and I tell this to students all the time, like, you have to just be prepared for a layoff, and I know it sucks because it's like, well, how do you prepare for a layoff? It's like, you just have to be ready, and what I mean by you have to be prepared, it's just like mentally prepare yourself, like, okay, at any given moment, the budget can get cut, and your project can end, and you just have to network your way to your next project which is not for everyone, you know, it's a battle. Um, and uh, yeah, so then in 2019, I believe, Viacom merged with CBS. One of those mergers, I'm blanking on the other network that merged, but they laid off about 30 something percent of employees across and I was in those 30%. It was like a big, a big um, cut from my team and, you know, teams across the mergers, so. That's why my time at Entertainment Today ended, and I was so sad. But, como, dio, como dicen, cuando Dios quita, multiplica, and I got offered the role of a literally life-changing when I was hired with Telemundo, and I moved to Miami. Yeah, and how was moving to a different place? Uh, you said you were here from L.A. I really know about moving around, but... How was that for you? You were in the, you're still kind of beginning of your career and then move across the country and come work for us. How was that? You know, I was not, <laughs> I definitely tell the world, like, it was the most seamless move. Like, when I tell you that my stars align, like, my stars align. I had always wanted to come to Miami. Ever since I was a sophomore in college, I specifically remember telling one of my mentors when I was, because um, at CSUN, I was a part of the associate student body. And I remember I had like one of my mentors, um, Austin Yee, since I had told him, I was like, I'm going to enter Miami. Like, I don't know how, but like, I'm going to end up in Miami. I don't know a single soul in Miami, but I do know that I want to be in Miami because that's where the networks are for um, Latin use. So we have Univision, we have Telemundo, we have Latino, you know, we have all the labels, the um, 
labels are here, you know, you're so upset to fade off, so I'm gonna drink Latin, you know, it's like, I just knew that I was gonna end up in Miami. So when the opportunity came, of course I took it. I was like, I'm going, I wanna be there. I had a whole life in LA, all my family, my grandma, my siblings. Um, but I was ready, I was I was ready, because it's like, if not now, when? When, when am I gonna get another opportunity to, to grow, to continue growing and to spread my wings? So I took it. Yeah, and that's amazing that you did. You're doing a great job out there. <laughs> you talk a lot about the Latino part of journalism in your life. And that was something that you always knew that you wanted to work with when you changed. Like, I want to do entertainment and not breaking news. I want to do entertainment, but like focused on Latino entertainment. Or it was just like, it happened, it's in your heritage, you like it, or you're pursuing that. It honestly just came about, you know, like, um, like I said, I was doing, I was covering regular entertainment. I was covering, you know, like, the Emmy Awards, the Super Bowl, whatever show was coming out on Netflix, red carpet events, the Oscars, and then I saw just like a, like there was just like a missing piece of me where it's like I was fulfilled because I was doing entertainment journalism, but I also wanted to help to use my voice and give, use my voice for Latinos in the industry as well. And so when I took the job for Telemundo, it was for, um, it was for an English-based show that Telemundo was producing, which was the first of its kind, because when you think Telemundo, you think Spanish, you think Abuela, you think Tias, you think Telenovelas, but the show that I was producing for um, was Telemundo's first English-based show, which was called Foi de Cultura. And it was produced by millennials, for millennials, and Gen Zers, and it's like, oh man, it was the best show that I worked for, and our key audience were like the 200 percenters, which are, it's like, you're hundred percent Latino, but you're also hundred percent American. Like we identify with you, you identify with us. And it was so fun. Um, and it really helped me still, you know, give like that Anglo English feel vibe, but with the Latin twist. And it lived for about a year and then the pandemic hit. And just how everybody else in the industry, I feel happened, got the layoff wave and it was my second layoff and I was like wow not again like this is crazy and so um after that I was like okay I moved to Miami for Telemundo I moved to Miami for this specific project now this project is done oh my gosh what is next and I don't think I've ever publicly shared this but I was going through it like I was depressed I was trying to figure out what my next move was like I was like oh my gosh like what am I gonna do like what am I gonna do I already worked at E News I already worked at ET obviously they're not hiring again because everything's at a standstill with the pandemic happening same with NBC I was applying like crazy but I mean the uncertainty of the pandemic it's like I feel like everybody was just kind of like at a standstill with their all with their lives you know and so Thankfully, um, I got a good severance package, so I wasn't, I wasn't stressing for monetary purposes. I was just stressing someone's like, you know, I feel like in social media, you're kind of like, so so and so's doing this and so and so's doing that. Well, what am I doing? Like, what's my next project? What what's my next thing? And I, looking back, I feel like I should have taken those four months of me not working to myself, and I did. I did take a lot of like self time and. 
something personally happened to me during that time too so i feel like it all happened for a reason because what happened to me personally really hit me bad that i was like i don't think i would have been able to function at work if i was working full time um so i feel like it all happened at the same time for me for me to not be working yet still getting a paycheck because i'm like seven tackles but having the time to myself and to heal and um and then i was gonna move back to la but then an opportunity came about with iHeartRadio, and i got hired to be like a digital content producer for iheart latino and it's been so fun <laughs> i tell people like i have never laughed this much going to work every morning i mean radio is a different ball game it's the same it's the same as i'm seeing my cv um i'm still learning a lot i learn a lot every day um but so far so good yeah and that kind of goes with my next question for you which is you're doing television you're doing uh reporting maybe anchoring this last project that you were talking about the for the cultura yeah, I was, so for the Cultura, I was the lead content producer. We had our two main hosts, and I was still doing some interviews because with AT, I was doing a lot of interviews. I was one of the three Spanish-speaking people on the team of, like, 50, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, sometimes people feel tokenized when um, you're one of the few that speaks Spanish. And I, not to say that I felt tokenized, but it was kind of like, damn, we're really doing it for Latinos, for Spanish-speaking people newsrooms you know and I was always just one of the Spanish-speaking people but it worked to my advantage because then I was able to do a lot of everything that I did right so it was awesome um and so when I got to Telemundo I kind of I took the lead role um and I was managing a team of five so I was a lead content producer managing our editorial meetings producing the rundown helping with booking I oversaw a team of two associate producers, a production assistant, and a co-producer. Um, and so I got a lot more into like producing. I still did interviews on that show. Um, uh, and then now at, at iHeart, I kind of dabbled more into like the digital world and social media. So I feel like I st- I feel like that was like a past life of me doing on-camera work and whatnot. I haven't done that in a while. Um, Who's to say is never say never. I feel like if I really do want to pick that side of me back up, I can. But honestly, I feel like right now, five years into this career, I'm still deciding if I want to stay behind the scenes, stay producing, stay doing social media, or if one day I want to pick back up the camera in front of the camera and be like, what's up, guys? I'm back on camera. (laughs) I get it because I think that's, the most controversial thing in a journalist's mind like what am I gonna do I'm gonna do radio I'm gonna do producing I'm gonna do tv print and when I first started journalism I really thought that I was gonna go more into print journalism and then I took some some tv classes and I was like "Mm, tv that's it I love it and then uh, for the past year i've been having more experience with podcasting and radio and i'm like okay so out of the three i think that i like way better radio podcasting audio features hence my podcast right here (laughs) 
And so I think that's something that we can change all the time. It's not something that we have to follow. Like you're a reporter, you are going to be like a TV reporter the rest of your life. I feel like we have more of a freedom nowadays. Yeah, and that's what I tell people all the time too. I'm like, when I start, it's crazy. It's like literally, when I was in college, the first two years of my journalism classes were like very traditional, right? Like anchor, news, be professional, follow the script, X, Y, Z. And then that's when the digital world started, right? That's when Snapchat came out. That's when IG stories came out. That's when like the digital journalism era started to occur. It was like 2013, 2014. Twitter, I remember there was like Periscope. It's like everybody, even and and it was also like really cool for me to see that transformation within the newsroom, because people weren't going live on Instagram yet. People weren't going live on Twitter yet. You know, everything was new. Like this digital life too was so new. So I feel like towards the end of my college career, I was kind of like, yo, like digital is where it's at, and streaming is where it's at, and look at where we are now. People get careers and get booked on gigs versus on like their followers and how we do IG lives and how do we follow down the TikTok. So it's like, I tell people now, it's like, you have the freedom to be a content creator and create any type of content that you want. I have quite a few following on TikTok and not because I talk about entertainment, but I talk about infertility. So I feel like I connected with like infertility TikTok, you know, so it's like I have that more too but I don't really share on Instagram so if you follow me on TikTok then you understand you know what I'm talking about but it's kind of like you just have the opportunity to create any type of content that you want and focus on any on any any niche really once you find your niche and you have to know exactly what you're talking about yeah and have you had like in college or even right now or all those years that you've been changing jobs Have you had any personal project ideas or any project that went further? Uh, What do you mean? Like, like show projects? I mean, I have my podcast. It's a personal project. It's not, like, work-related. It's not, like, school-related. It's something that I wanted to do, and I did, you know? I love that. Um, um, I... So when I got laid off, I was kind of like, what do I want to do? I want to have a passion project. So what I did is I designed some journals. I designed my gratitude journals because when I tell you that I was really going through it, when my show at Telemundo kind of ended and when something personal happened, um, I'll say it. I ended my relationship with somebody that I was with for seven years, somebody that I thought was going to be my husband. Like We were together for a very long time. And we decided to go our separate ways. It was really hard for me. And so um, I decided to design a gratitude journal because it was just kind of like I need to, I need a place or like something to let out what I'm feeling. And I wasn't really like finding the correct outlet. And so I designed these gratitude journals and I designed them for myself, but it was just like, you know what? I'm going to put this on Amazon. You never know. I'm going to share them on social media because you never know who can relate to it or who can, you know, like who will, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, yeah, who's the word, who can relate to it or who, who will also want a gratitude journal. And it was crazy because I sold like a hundred of them. It was wild. I didn't really expect for people to resonate with them so much. Um, and that's one thing that I... I'm proud of that the pandemic <laughs> gave me the opportunity to be to publish 
a few ebooks, which is great. So I have those passion projects. And now that I started focusing more on social media, I started taking like my own social media clients. So I work with three people additionally on my own outside of iHeartRadio. And it's been going well. Um, and that's something that I haven't really like talked about on Instagram. Like, hey, I also you know, I'm starting to manage social media because I'm, I'm still figuring out, you know, the keys. Because I feel like social media changes every single day. It's like, oh my gosh, no one's ever going to be like the social media expert because the features are always changing, you know. Yeah, but I'm really glad that at least in a, in a dark time, you found something that make you feel better and they help to a lot of other people as well we never know when uh, our problems it's like the same problems as others and how we all can relate and help each other mainly in this world that we spend like almost two years locked up at home uh, some people alone some people went back to their families it was a tough time, and I'm really glad that you felt comfortable in sharing like all these things here in the podcast with me. But I, I feel that your initiative was really, really fun, uh, really nice, and helps a lot of a lot of other people. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of those things where it's like I have a platform, I have a voice. I know I'm not the only one that has gone through a really bad breakup, and so. After out of that breakup, then those journals came about, and yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, I, I don't know if you know her, Nasperez, but she has her her own group about broken heart people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's something, it helps people. People get stuck sometimes in their breakups, or, or like, it's something way deeper, but having people to share it, it's it's great. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I, I wanted to um, go to one of them, and I I was always, like, right behind them, but I don't know, heartache is such a hard topic to talk about because it's, like, you don't want people's pityness or sympathy because it's, like, obviously there's absolutely nothing that they can do. It was just more so, like, I want to mourn this relationship by myself as best as I can. Yeah. But any other projects that you see yourself doing in the future or projects that you want to take role someday? I don't know. I think right now, honestly, I think right now I'm, I'm at a good space. I would, I would love to start a podcast one day. I just have to figure out the time. <laughs> I just have to figure out the time and get like down to the nitty-gritty. Um, but more so, I love producing. I love you know, the atmosphere of it, but it's a very good question. I'm going to definitely think about that because it's also kind of like, okay, everything's good right now, but what do I want to do next? Yeah, and we have time to figure it out. You're still very young and you can, you have your whole professional life to figure it out, something that you want to do, uh, something that you're passionate about. Yesterday, I was recording another episode and uh, like the passion for what we like and what we want to do was like, a very intense topic into the conversation and so mm -hmm. if you feel that something is right for you like moving across the country me moving across americas if it feels right we should do it you know a hundred percent um i do have i do have like a passion project that i work with with a um an infertility organization called beautiful you mrkh so i i do dabble in the infertility world a little bit and I, I'm going to be on their conference 
um, next March, talking about infertility and how that affects, you know, us as women and how it affects me as a Latina woman, where it's like, you know, you have your family and your grandparents, so like, cuando nos vas a dar mis nietos y cuando te vas a casar, and it's like, well, I can't get pregnant, I'm infertile, so you're just going to have to stop asking me that question. <laughs> um, so that's one thing that I have coming up in um, March, which is another thing that I haven't really posted publicly about. And it's not that I'm ashamed that I'm infertile, it's just more so it's that's a different niche. You know, I feel like I keep my Instagram more like entertainment, more beauty, more fashion. And then if you go to my TikTok and you see infertility. I'm really happy for you that you're going to participate on that in March. And I really wish that everything goes well on it. And also, just to finalize here our conversation, what would be an advice that you give to people coming out of college right now with their big dreams in journalism? My advice would be to always follow your gut instinct and never doubt your own confidence. When you walk into a room, own the room take up the space, you were meant to be there. Your stars are aligning and you're in that room for a reason and make sure that your voice is heard. Amazing words, thank you. And thank you so much, Gracia, for coming here today and talking to me. And for everybody here listening, I'll see you guys in the next podcast.